Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for April 5th, 2009, and this is going to be part five of our study on pedophilia, child pornography, corruption in the Catholic priesthood. Now we're going to be actually talking about, what I'm trying to do now is, is relate to other subjects that relate to pedophilia, child sacrifice, uh, and these types of things, and this is entitled The Bloody Truth About Abortion and Wicca Witchcraft. Because, essentially, we're violating infants in the womb now. And it does relate to this. We've talked a lot about how these children in these snuff films, and in these pornography films, have been ritualistically killed. These people are Luciferians or Satanists, or involved in some high-level cult that do this. So this very much relates to this subject. I wanted to touch upon it. Now I have done teaching about abortion. Um, and you can key in part of the word of abortion in the keyword search box on my homepage, and um, you can uh, you can find it there. And it, it's it's a it's a subject that um, very much relates to what we're talking about today here. Uh, I think it was a three-part subject on abortion. I, I've done some other talks on it as well, but how witchcraft relates to abortion, and I'm gonna, we're going to go ahead and prove that now in what we're talking about here. And my website, just in case you don't know, because that's I get that's I get more requests for this than any other thing. What's your website? What's your website? Okay, the website's on Sermon Audio. And if you're on one of my teachings, you can click the home box and it will take you to the website. And there, then you'll see the search box on the right and that'll get you wherever you want to go. But the website is www.sermonaudio, one word, sermonaudio.com forward slash, one word, Dr. Scott Johnson. Just D-R, not Dr. Spud up, just D-R, no period, D-R, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, Dr. Scott Johnson. Okay, so just just in case you need that. Um, this is called The Bloody Truth About Abortion and Wicca Witchcraft. If there is no relationship between abortion and witchcraft, then why is there such a disproportionate network of abortion providers associated with the Wicca religion? Now, Wicca, that word means bent or twisted. And it's symbolic with white witchcraft. If you ever see a witch walking around and they're wearing a pentagram or a pentacle, a pentagram has the circle around it, around the star, five-pointed star. Pentacle is just the star by itself, without a circle. They're both wicked. That's why I don't like stars and stuff like that on things that I possess. Because it is associated, unfortunately, with witchcraft. Um, and... You know, it's just something to think about. You know, if you've got a lot of this stuff in your house, you need to get it out. It's a cursed object, essentially. Um, so, there is this unbelievable, disproportionate uh, network of abortion providers that actually are also practicing Wiccans. White witches, they call themselves. See, they do good witchcraft. White witchcraft. That's what they say. But it's all evil. Witchcraft is an ancient religion requiring child sacrifice, which has resurfaced in our day. Now, again, you would think, you know, when you when you talk about child sacrifice, you would think, oh, that's only the black people that get into the black witchcraft, the real hardcore Satanism. It's really not true at all. The white witches view this as a sacrament, a sacrament like the Catholics have sacraments in their religion. This is a sacrament to them, and I want to prove it. A revival of neo-paganism has brought with it a revival of human sacrifice in the form of abortion. But see, now they can actually legitimize their child sacrifice. Whereas, like, in the biblical days when they had Moloch, you know, they would actually do it out in the open, but even, you know, it wasn't... I would imagine the fact that it was done out in the open, in, it would prevent a lot of people from actually going through with the act. But see, nowadays, the way they've got abortion set up, you can go to an office, it looks legitimate, you have this doctor in a white lab coat and nurses around, <coughs> and they come in and they destroy your baby, and they abort it, and they mutilate it, and they kill it. But it's inside the womb, it's done in darkness. So, and it's a doctor did it, and it's legal, so it's more palatable. So they, they do this typically to the god of self, they sacrifice to the god of self, or so that they, they can, you know... 
it's not as much of a burden on them monetarily anymore. Now, I understand, if you've had an abortion, I'm not condemning you, okay? I'm just saying the typical reason for abortions, and I've done several studies on this, is really to appease the God of self. Nowadays it is. Back then it was done to, like, Moloch for um, financial gain. Um, it's uh, Child sacrifice has been performed to Moloch, Lilith, Artemis, Baal, uh, Murdoch, Marduk. I'm sorry, Marduk. So these are some of the deities they've sacrificed to um, in times past. And I'm just tip of the iceberg there. Uh, a brief study on the cities where abortion on demand is prevalent reads like a metaphysical roadmap, meaning a metaphysical, like a witchcraft. There's a lot of uh, evil. In each inquiry, we did not have to dig hard for facts. Information on the relationship between witchcraft and the abortion industry was offered with little resistance. Here's a quote from Patricia, Patricia Baird Wendell, founder and owner of Aware Woman Centers for Choice. Actually, it should be choice to kill your baby. Choice? What kind of choice? Choice can mean a lot of things. Choice to kill your baby. They shouldn't say they're pro... We say they're pro-life. They should call themselves pro-death. No, they call us anti-abortion because they want to have that anti-thing associated with the Christians. Well, you're pro-death. Yeah, call, you can call me any abortion as long as I can call you pro-death. Here's what Patricia Baird Wendell, who is a founder and owner of Aware Woman Center for Choice Abortion Clinic, she says, quote, you practice your religion and let me practice mine. My religion is holy ritual child sacrifice. End of quote. Hey, at least she's honest. At least this witch is honest. May the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke her in all her ilk. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit and His angelic host. If that don't get you fired up, then your wood's wet. As a preacher of mine used to say. That's pretty in your face. On August 4th, 1992, two employees of a Aware Women's Abortion Clinic, <clears throat> employees, Veronica Jordan and Rebecca Morris, registered a non-profit religious corporation. Oh, a 501c3? Sure enough. That's what you're in bed with if you're a 501c3 religious corporation. You're, you're in, in bed with all these other organizations. Wicca, First Church of Satan. You are. All of them are 501c3s too. They can write it off on their taxes too. But they formed a religious, non-profit religious corporation known as the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida or WRCF. The Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida. The stated purpose of the RCF, RWCF, is to provide an umbrella organization for witch covens throughout the state of Florida. Remember, I've done a whole study. The coming one world religion is witchcraft. The essence of that religion is witchcraft. What's going on in the Catholic Church? White witchcraft. Why do you think voodoo... Um, voodoo practitioners in Haiti, 99% of the people who live in Haiti practice voodoo, and 95 or 90% of them are still are Catholics as well. Why? Because it's so compatible. Those two religions, they both have idolatry, they're very compatible. False religion at its finest. It's no different. The incorporation papers list two abortion clinic employees as directors of the Wiccan organization. Talk about a smoking gun. Shortly after the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida was founded, Carol Ebing, another aware woman abortion clinic employee, evidently that's the field of choice. Carol Ebing, another aware woman abortion clinic employee, ordered the book, The Sacrament of Abortion. There's a book written called The Sacrament of Abortion. The book authored by Gannette Paris, a witch in France, presents abortion as a sacred art. Paris calls abortion a sacrifice to Artemis, who is nothing more than a fallen angel. A sacrifice to Artemis, who refuses to give life if the gift is not pure. Oh, so in other words, whoever gets an abortion, that gift, the gift of life, 
wasn't pure, so it has to be aborted. And these women are being led by Artemis. Well, they may be being led by Artemis to do these things, but Artemis never gave any life. This fallen angel is not capable of giving life. Only the Lord Jesus Christ is capable of giving life. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made, according to John. He made the heavens, the earth, the stars. He puts breath in our lungs, life in our body, water to drink, food to eat, and air to breathe. Makes the, makes the world turn on its axis and gives us the four seasons, and the sun come up and go down. That's all Jesus Christ does every day. These types of women that are involved in witchcraft, and I've dealt with many of them, gravitate toward these types of professions where they can do the most damage to humanity. They gravitate to these positions. Women in the New Age, women that are involved in witchcraft, many of them get involved with prostitution and stripping as well. Why? Because they can defile humanity. They can defile men. Now, granted, the men are going there. I knew of a place locally where I lived that was running an es- what they call, I guess, an escort service. They were posing as massage therapists. Had a woman give me a first-hand account who actually was dating the owner of this place. And God just put this information in my lap. I didn't even ask for it. I never knew she was going to tell me any of this. She just came out. And she essentially said, you know, they all dressed up like massage therapists, this and that. They ran this place, and uh, they it was just nothing more than controlled prostitution going out of this place. And when the woman at the end finally came to her senses, and she says, no, I can't do this, he wanted her to work there, this guy she was dating, she says, no, I can't do this, I have to go, he told her at that point, I am a warlock, which is like a male witch, and he says, all these women here follow me. They're all witches. Every one of them. And you'll never get away from me. I don't know what ended up happening to her, but that's what the account she told me, and I didn't go looking for it. I've had all kind of dealings with witchcraft that I haven't even said on air. Because a lot of people wouldn't believe me. Probably not, because they have never experienced a lot of the stuff that I have. And I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. It's happened to me. God's let me see it. God's let me defeat it through Him to build my faith. Because the battles that are coming, a lot of them are going to be purely against witchcraft. The battles of a Christian. A lot of this stuff that we're talking about, that we see on Hollywood in the movies, and I'm not advising them going to see all this stuff, I'm just saying a lot of stuff they shove down our throats. A lot of the stuff that we talk about. It's going to become a lot more real than we'll, we've, we'll, we're ever going to know. Probably soon enough. Remember, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear Him. That's where my fear is, not in the fear of man or some witch or some warlock. I have greater power than they, and they know it. But I believe that I have greater power. I've seen it exercised. And I don't mean I'm going around getting into some big whatever contest with somebody. I'm telling you, through the Lord Jesus Christ and just calling on his name, you have such power you don't even know. But you have to believe it. And if you don't have that faith, then ask God for more faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, you got to hear the word of God to build your faith. And if you don't have the right Bible, how are you going to build your faith? If you're reading a corrupted word. It's not going to help matters. This is why I advise people to uh, have the King James Bible playing somewhere in their house 24-7. Even at a low level. I've got a whole attachment I can send you called Dealing with Evil Entities. 
you email me and just let me know and I'll send it to you. And if you want on my email list, just let me know and tell me if you want to be on the Christian or the health newsletter or both. And I would advise you get in on both because there's a lot of things that relate to the end times that are pertinent to both. Um, because that's where actually my newsletter started was on the health side. Um, and, it, and then I it, um, got into more the Christian a little bit later. And now the Christian has exploded, which I'm glad. I want that side to be much greater. Uh, but there's a lot of ways and things in the end times where people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, when I read about this stuff with these Wiccans, it's really, to me, it's really close to home. It's really personal, because I've dealt with many women involved in this. Some at very, very high levels. I have been trying, they've tried to kill me before. I had, I had a voodoo high priest try everything in the world to try to kill me. And I've given that testimony. I'm still here, praise the Lord. He couldn't touch me. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, He couldn't touch me. Not in and of myself, because in and of myself, I am nothing. Nothing apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be the first to admit that. But through Jesus, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Just believe it. And exercise your faith. Because without exer- it's like a muscle. If you don't exercise it, it atrophies. Muscles have to be exercised to grow. Taylor's doing a little bicep pose for me. Anyway, um, so I just want to encourage you in that. This isn't something that you should draw back in fear about. This is, I mean, this, to me, I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for the day when, when things really start to get black and white with the, with the open witchcraft and things of this nature. God's going to bring out a remnant that will be more than overcomers. Remember, we are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. And we overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of, their, of our testimonies, and we loved our lives not unto the death. That's how the Bible says we overcome the Antichrist. So, um, this Wiccan open circle letter, then, in January 1993, the issue of the o- Wiccan open circle, that's a publication they have, I've actually referenced this on the internet a couple of times. Uh, they described the founding of a Wiccan religious cooperative of Florida. It was this really weird. I was meeting with this guy at one of the meetings up in Ocala, and he had told me about this friend of his that read electrical meters. And he said there was this place up in the Ocala area where he went to read this meter, this electrical meter, and, I mean, it was this massive, I mean, it was like a small city. The, the, the amount of electricity that they were consuming. And it was like, you know, it was like in the middle of the woods. And he said when he went to go read this meter this one time, all these, uh, like, jeeps and stuff, guys came out in camos and guns drawn. Because the meter was actually on the property. Now I believe they can read the meter from the roads with certain guns that they've got, and they probably have that now. But he actually went on the property, and all these guys came out with guns drawn, and it was on this witchcraft compound. It was this big underground compound in Ocala, that, um, or in the Ocala area, where they were evidently pulling massive amounts of electricity. So, again, we don't even have a clue how deep this goes. You think, oh, these white witches, they just get around to some little tree and do this or that. No, you don't understand. This is the coming one world religion, the essence of the coming one world religion. Witchcraft, Babylonian mystery religions. Nimrod was the guy that, that Satan chose to revive it after the flood. We're going back to that. The Tower of Babel, everybody was split apart. Where Nimrod was at. Now everybody's coming back together. as far as in a bad way. So, this 1993 January issue of Wiccan Open Circle newsletter described the founding of the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida, which we just talked about. A year ago, the dream, they they quoted in this newsletter saying, a year ago the dream of an umbrella group under which many covens would function and be committed to peace and harmony. What a lie. It's like Islam saying their religion of peace. Yeah, peace and harmony. Their, Their version of peace and harmony is child sacrifice. 
And that's not too peaceful and harmonious for the little babies they're killing in the womb. For And then it said, for the good of all. Of course, not, not all those that are slaughtered in the womb, though. For the good of all was just that, a dream. But now it is a reality, a very big part of the lives of many people. This issue of Open Circle, published at the time of the pro-life organization, Operation Rescue National, it was published at the same time that this Operation Rescue Natural, National held an event in Melbourne, Florida. And this Open Circle Wiccan newsletter alerted Central Florida area, alerted the Central Florida area, Wiccans and Pagans, that, quote, steps are being taken to protect not only the aware women, meaning the aware the aware women's centers where, where they where the one lady said, my religion is holy ritual sacrifice, the lady that started it, Patricia Baird Wendell. Well, steps were being partaken, this, is a, this witchcraft alert from the open circle, steps are being taken to protect not only the aware women, but a woman's right to choose, to choose death of their baby. Work is being done mundanely, financially, and magically, to help get through the next few months and beyond. Now let's just park there for a second. Remember when I said that this is a spiritual battle? Do you understand how much more seriously witches take their religion than the average Christian? See, they understand it's a spiritual battle. Because that's what they deal and work in. Now their father is of the devil. Okay, and of his works they will do. But they're... they're Flat out state saying here in a politically correct way that work by these witches are being done to mundanely, financially, and magically to help get through the next month and beyond and protect these women's right to choose. This is why I say go to the abortion clinics. I'm not saying you have to make a... a, a a fuss to the point where you get the cops involved. I never did. I would go there and park as close as I could and pray. I did not go out there with the Catholics when I would see them and get yoked up with them. The Catholics, what's sad about that is they're on their way to hell and they're, unfortunately, they're serving Satan and yet they appear to be for a righteous cause. And many of them are much more bold in witnessing at abortion clinics than the Christians are. Not all, but many. It's a sad thing. They're doing a good work, but they're doing it under the guise of a false religion. Their own religion themselves, we just looked at, is rampant with child pedophilia and homosexuality, and yet they may say nothing about that. Yet they'll go to an abortion clinic and march with a banner. I don't get yoked up with them. I don't. I don't. I go there and pray. I went in there, this one abortion clinic, and I'd go in there, and they would. I'd come out, and they'd be like, "Wow, what was it like back there?" I'm like, "I don't know. Why don't you go back?" <laughs> I don't know. I never. And nobody ever said nothing to me. I sit there and pray in my car. I believe there's a different spiritual dynamic that takes place if you go and you're actually on the land than it is if you're praying from your house. I'm not saying you always have to do that every single time. But all I'm saying is that if Christians would go to these places, Christians that were right with the Lord, and pray, and particularly where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them, that's what Jesus said. Praying even a group of two, it's more powerful. Remember, the Bible talks about a three-four cord is not easily broken. One can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight, according to Psalm 91. There's a spiritual dynamic that I'm trying to talk about here. These witches and pagans are actively working witchcraft magic in order to protect these abortion clinics. So that they can preserve the right in sacrament of abortion and the right to kill and knowing that they're serving their father Satan. We need to be doing the same thing, opposite. It just doesn't hardly ever happen. 
But they were doing this, and they were and they were working magic. Readers of the open circle were encouraged to become clinic escorts and were told how they could help fund the South Brevard National Organization of Women's Program to help low-income women have abortions. Now, I hate to say it, but when I went there, the majority of women I saw walking into this abortion clinic that I would go to were, were black young black girls. Vast majority. And they have more abortions per capita than any other... I am not being prejudiced, I'm just saying it's what I observed. Doesn't mean I think I'm better. Um, I think that they've got more, uh, probably more pressure in regard to this, um, to do this. And these witches were actually asking, acting as clinic escorts, meaning they would go and they, these witches would befriend these these girls, and they would take them to the clinic, usher them in, and usher them out. That way, if there was any mean Christian there, they wouldn't have any influence over them. Wiccans were also encouraged to work their magic on the area surrounding the Aware Women Abortion Clinics. Work their magic. This is why I go there and I pray that God break every curse and every bit of demonic or fallen angelic protection upon that place. Many individuals and groups have been helping to magically protect the building and property. This has been done by magical and psychic shielding being put on and around the property. Now, I've actually even got a list of prayer guidelines regarding praying over these types of sites where innocent blood is being shed and that innocent blood defiles all the land. And I've got a whole series on the doctrine of blood guiltiness. If you want those prayers, I've never really sent them out before. But... I quote the Bible verses in the prayers of why and the justification for why I'm praying what I'm praying. If you want it, just email me. I'll send it to you. But it has to do with um, praying, you know, over places where innocent blood is shed over demonic strongholds, things of this nature. So if you email me, let me know exactly what you want there. But they're, they're openly admitting here. They're, they've been helping to magically protect the building and property by magical and psychic shielding being put on and around the property. Well, as a Christian, we have got more power than they do. And, and we can go there on site and break this power in the name of Jesus Christ. Murder, mass murder, is being committed behind those four walls of those clinics every day. And again, this is all the more reason for Christians to go there to intercede on behalf of the unborn and pray that all this witchcraft be destroyed and canceled that is being the shielding. And they come against like the spirits of Moloch and Lilith and Artemis and Marduk, these deities of child sacrifice. This next uh, little thing here is just a description of this uh, video called The Massacre of Innocence. You can probably watch it on the internet. It's, it's exposing the occult roots of abortion. And that's what I did the teaching on an abortion, the occult roots of abortion. This presentation looks at the spiritual roots of abortion and exposes the myths surrounding child killing. Little known historical facts about abortion and how they relate to modern feminism are presented logically and accurately and it has been effective in converting many to a pro-life position. Massacre of Innocence goes where no pro-life presentation has gone before in tearing the lid off abortion. It reveals the spiritual realities we must battle if we must bring an end to this crime. The presentation is absorbing, fast-paced, informative, and increasingly, incredibly devastating to any attempt to justify abortion. I bought this tape. I couldn't get through it. I've never watched the whole thing all the way through. I was so devastated after like, 10 or 15 minutes, I was messed up for a good solid week over watching that tape. I start getting teary-eyed thinking about that tape. I can't do... I mean, I'm already convinced. You don't got to convince me anymore. That tape is so horrific. What they show... uh, They show you the aborted babies coming out of these clinics. I don't want to set my eyes on it. I'm convinced... 
Maybe someone else might need that. I can't take it. It's too devastating. I get to a point. You've got to, you've got to be careful. And again, this is a very negative subject. So if you can take like a half hour one of these studies and you have to push back and you do another half hour in the next week, that's fine. I understand. Because a person can only take so much negativity and so much evil regarding what they're, what they're being educated about. And I found that if I expose myself to too much evil, I become of no use for God. Because I get despondent. And remember, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So you gotta you gotta have a balance here. You gotta have a balance. I don't like doing the subject, this teaching, but it's a teaching that needs done. And um, anyway, going to the next article. Now I believe we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of what what I'm going to be reading about right here very soon. I believe God's judgment is going to become more manifest, and I think it's a good thing. All men will see and fear and declare the work of God that they will wisely consider of his doing when God judges. That's what the Bible is very clear. March 24th, 2009. This just happened. March 24th. Abortion chain owner's family died in a Montana cemetery plane crash near the tomb of the unborn. You talk about biblically ironic. But this has the earmarks of God the Lord Jesus Christ, all over it. I'm looking at this picture, and this will be up on the PDF. You can go look at this. I'm looking at a picture of a painting through a cemetery, and at the end of this one side of the cemetery is this huge fire, this plane burning. This is from the Christian Newswire by pro-life activist Gingy Edmonds, and the site is www.jillstanek jillstanek S-T-A-N-E-K dot com. And she goes on to say, some of you may have seen the major news story of the private plane that crashed into a Montana cemetery, killing seven children and seven adults. Why wasn't this front page news across America? I've seen a lot less people. 14 people die in a plane crash, and you're telling me that's not front page news? I've seen one or two die, and it be on national news. I've seen one child missing and it be national news. Why wasn't 14 people being killed in a plane crash of this prominent, prominent abortion provider's family? Why wasn't this front page? It was buried. But what the news sources fail to mention is the cemetery contains the tomb of the unborn, erected as a dedication to all babies who have died because of abortion. What else is the mainstream news not telling you? The family who died in the crash near the location of the abortion victim's memorial is the family of Irving, also known as Bud Feldkamp, owner of the largest for-profit abortion chain in the nation. We need more of this. We need more fear of God. Because men, maybe people would think twice about evil. Family Planning Associates was purchased four years ago by Feldkamp, owner of All Care and Hospitality Dental Associations and CEO of Glen Helen Race Park in San Bernardino, California. The 17 uh, CA Family Planning Clinics, he's got 17 of these abortion clinics, they perform more abortions in the state than any other abortion provider. Now, you have to think, California per capita, is there's more people there than any other state. Now, he owns the largest, and they're more liberal than just about any other state there is as well. So it's saying something when you've got the state that's probably the most liberal in the United States and most would be most uh, pro-abortion, pro-death, and with the largest population as well. It's saying something when you have 17 of these, quote, family planning. That's, that's a real nice whitewash, say, of, of, of basically family planning your death clinics. They perform more abortions in the state than any other abortion provider. Planned Parenthood included. Now that's saying something. It's not saying something good. 
And then, and they perform abortions all the way through the first five months of pregnancy. Although Feldkamp is not an abortionist, he reaps the profits of the blood money. Remember, there's this doctrine of blood guiltiness. You can keyword search that on my homepage if you want to hear that. It's all about this. How innocent blood defiles the land. He reaps the profits of blood money from tens of thousands of babies that are killed through abortions performed every year at the clinics he owns. His business is in the abortion industry is what enabled him to afford the private plane that, that was carrying his family to their week-long vacation at the Yellowstone Club, a millionaire's-only ski resort. So this plane that was bought through blood money of killing innocent babies was the very plane that crashed into the cemetery where the tomb of the unborn was and killed 14 people. The plane went down on Sunday killing two of Feldkamp's daughters, two of his son-in-laws, and seven grandchildren, along with the pilot and four family friends. So, so he lost two daughters, two sons-in-law, and five grandchildren. The pilot and four family friends. Wow. That's a lot of people. The cause of the crash is a mystery. The pilot, who was a former military flyer who logged over two... Um, I think probably means 200,000 miles, gave no indication to the air traffic controllers that the aircraft was experiencing difficulty when he asked to divert the plane to an airport in Butte, Montana. Witnesses report that the plane suddenly nosedived toward the ground with no apparent signs of struggle. Witnesses saw this, and all of a sudden it nosedived toward the ground and just happened to hit right near where this tomb of the unborn is. The tomb that's dedicated to all the, un all the aborted babies that have been slaughtered. If you don't think this is God's judgment, I mean, I believe this is God's judgment resulting in this divine intervention. I mean, this, this, this experienced pilot, they weren't having any problems, and all of a sudden, it nosedived, and it just so happened to go down in this cemetery where the tomb of the unborn is? No coincidence. There was, neither a, there was neither a cockpit voice recorder nor a flight data recorder on board. Some speculate the crash was due to ice on the wings, but this particular plane model has been tested for icy weather, and experts have stated that ice being the cause is very unlikely. I'm sure he probably had a really good plane, and they have some clunker up there. In my time working for survivors of the abortion holocaust, and this is the lady writing, I helped organize and conduct a weekly campaign where youth activities stood outside of Feldkamp's mini-mansion in the Redlands, holding fetal development signs and raising community awareness regarding Feldkamp's dealings in child murder for profit. Every Thursday afternoon, we called upon Bud and his wife Pam to repent, seek God's blessing, and separate themselves from the practice of child killing. So this lady actually went there with other Christians, and they actually, like I was talking about, they actually went there and prayed and interceded on behalf of the unborn and prayed that they would repent. We warned him for his children's sake to wash the hands of, his, of the innocent blood he assisted in spilling because of scripture warns if you do not hate bloodshed, bloodshed will pursue, pursue you, according to Ezekiel 35.6. A news source states that Bud Felkamp visited the site of the crash with his wife and their two surviving children on Monday. As they stood near the twisted and charred debris talking with investigators, light snow fell on the tarps that covered the remains of their children. And then this lady goes on to say, I think of the time that I spent outside of the Feldkamps. Pam Feldkamp, who was Bud Feldkamp's wife, laughing at the fetal development signs. Bud Feldkamp trying not to make eye contact as he got into his car with a small child in tow. And I think of the haunting words that I said to him, quote, think of your children. I wonder if those words were haunting Feldkamp as well as he stood in the snow among the remains of his loved ones. Just feet from the tomb of the unborn. Whew, man, I tell you what, that gives me chills. That's something to think about there. Think of your children, bud. 
Well, I, I guarantee you something, God's got his attention. Now, either Bud and Pam will repent and turn toward the Lord Jesus Christ. I wouldn't, you know, the best thing for him to do is not sell anything, but to dissolve these corporations and beg God to forgive them. And I pray to God that's what he does. I pray to God he gets saved and the remainder of his family. But this is just an amazing story. And this lady was laughing at these fetal developments. She ain't laughing now. She goes on to say, I only hope and pray that in the face of this tragedy, the Feldkamp recognizes his need for repentance and reformation. I pray that God will use this unfortunate catastrophe to soften the hearts of Bud and Pam, and that they will draw close to the Lord and wash their hands of the blood of thousands of innocent children, each as precious and irreplaceable as their own. It'll do one of two things to these people. It will either harden them more and they will serve Satan even harder, or it will break them. The goodness and severity of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. Godly sorrow leadeth thee to repentance. That's what the Bible says. This is, a lot of times, the only way somebody gets saved is unless they have some tragedy, unless God gets their attention. Not always, but I'm saying, sometimes only, I mean, if the wicked keeps continuing in his wickedness and prospering in wickedness, you think he's ever going to get saved? He's done wickedness and he's prospered. That's not exactly a red light for him in and of himself. Deuteronomy 30.19 says, I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life. Uh, this is hard to think about. No MSN reporter report included this particular business detail. This is another thing about this case. And the Associated Press article did not include this either, but Feldkamp's family has gone through tragedy before. Two years ago, his 10-month-old grandson, Chase, died after he was found to have slipped between a mattress and the edge of a bed during a nap. The child was taken to the hospital and eventually taken off life support. So it's kind of funny, I mean, not funny, but God started him out with this one warning. He lost his 10-month-old grandchild. Guy didn't respond, so guess what? Now he takes five more of his grandchildren, two of his own daughters... Two of his sons-in-law, four family friends, and a pilot. What will be next if this man doesn't repent? But I really believe God's hand moved because there were praying Christians there. Now, God doesn't need... I mean, He could do whatever He wants. He could wipe every wicked person off the earth. But He doesn't choose typically to do it that way. Of course, God knows what the right thing you know to do. But... Christians praying on their knees, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I really believe that had a lot to do with what is going on here. Not to say these people were praying for all his family to be destroyed, but that's the way God chose to deal with this situation. It's just too obvious. Does a sudden nosedive out of all places into this one particular cemetery where the tomb of the unborn is? This last article for today is entitled Satanic Ritual Abuse. Now, this is another subject that relates to this subject matter. This is from S, uh, www.fcsweb.org under the title of Satanic Ritual Abuse. Now, I think I can talk about this now at this stage in, our, in this presentation because hopefully understand, you understand right now that we're dealing with pure evil here. We're dealing with a very satanic evil. So this shouldn't be a real big shock to you when I'm getting ready to read you because it totally ties in to everything else we've talked about. <coughs> Sorry about that. Satanic ritual abuse, or otherwise known as SRA, has been brought into the spotlight in the last 20 years. The secular press has all but ignored it for the most part. When they do cover this tragedy, they marginalize it and portray it as something that is not common and does not occur often. The Christian media has brought this issue to the masses. Many books have been authored giving first-hand testimonies to the whores of the SRA and the groups that portray these criminal acts. 
because this subject has been impacted. And again, you see a massive cover-up here, just like everything else we've talked about. Because the subject has impacted so many young people in this nation and others, I have included it in this site. SRA is very similar in its effects to incest. The aftershocks that are felt by the victim can spread forward years into the future, well into the adulthood. SRA is more sinister than incest. Incest is committed against its victims with the purpose of damaging the victim physically and sometimes emotionally. The intent of SRA is threefold. The individuals who commit these acts do so with with the purpose of intentionally harming their victims physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Not to say that incest doesn't hurt them spiritually, but this is the intent of satanic ritual abuse. And um, physically, the body of the individual is injured. And again, they do this... Uh, the spiritual component is demonic. Okay, It's demonic, essential implantation of demons. Okay, We're going to discuss that more. Physically, the body of the individual is injured and damaged in a number of ways. First, there is the actual physical abuse that occurs. As with incest, it is most often sexual in nature. The child is abused sexually while the ones abusing the child associate severe pain and trauma with the sexual abuse. Now again, this very much ties in all this other pedophilia garbage that we talked about earlier. So again, a lot of the people that do this are Satanists. Examples that have been told to me include the placing of snakes all over the child's body, the abusers dressing up as clergy or policemen, which would typically be somebody you know that you think they would trust. So they want to make sure they remove all trust from these individuals at the earliest possible age. Uh, these people dress up like clergy or policemen while they abuse the children, the cutting and mutilation of body parts, the sacrifice of other children while the victim watches, and the forcing of the victim to kill other victims. The intent of this page is not to glorify the works of Satan. Those listed above are strictly examples. We will not touch upon them again. In other words, she's not going to go down into the gory details of this. The purpose of the abuse is to control the victim, degrade and demoralize the victim, break down the victim, destroy all the vic- all hope in the victim. This is so that the group who is committing the acts can build the victim into the type of person they desire him or her to be. The immediate result is to create a literal hell on earth. Under most circumstances, it is a family member who is involved in the groups who force the child to participate. The results in the devastation of trust and love. This results in devastation of trust and love. Body of the victim is put through unimaginable abuse, but the real damage is performed against the emotional well-being and spiritual well-being of the child. You can't even imagine what they do to these children. Incomprehensible. Emotionally, the child and victim is destroyed. The child cannot deal with the abuse. The very tenets of authority and family and that God that God set up are utterly destroyed. The child is made to feel that these events are occurring because the child is at fault or is worthless. The child is degraded emotionally and develops zero self-worth. This is all by design now. The only survival mechanism available to the child is to split off part of his or her personality and let that part become isolated so that it can deal with the trauma and the pain. This is called trauma-based mind control. What we're talking about here. It happens. And the government's participated in this through Project um, Monarch. Yeah, I believe it's called Project Monarch. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. This allows What this allows the child to lead a normal life when the abuse is not actually occurring. In essence, this is the deepest part of denial that a person can experience. Okay, so now what they're doing is they're developing multiple personality disorder. It's called MPD. Okay, through trauma-based mind control, they're actually creating alternate personalities. These personalities are created through trauma, and they isolate themselves off these other personalities. And this is why you have people with split personalities a lot of time. Because they've actually went through this. In recent years, many psychologists have labeled it Disassociative Identity Disorder, or DID. So, MPD, Multiple Personality Disorder, and DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, have been well documented medically since the 1960s. So, this isn't something I'm just making up here. MPD and DID causes a matrix of problems which will exist the entire life of the victim unless the individual enters into reintegration therapy with the assistance of a therapist who is trained to work with the victims of abuse. Well, I'll, let me add something in there. Reintegration therapy is not going to work 
if it does not involve the saving of their souls to the Lord Jesus Christ, thereby meaning the master physician. It's the only way you're going to get delivered of this. Okay? And um, this trauma-based mind control, you know, so many stories have been written on this, and it does go on. And they, what a lot of times the reason for creating these identities is these identities are actually can be accessed through the handlers that created these different personalities and identities. And what a lot of times will happen is these people will actually be sent essentially on something like missions to do the bidding of their handlers. I mean, do you think they just created these personalities for no reason? They can be controlled. And there's certain triggers and things that they can do to actually make them do what they want to do. And so much of the time, when you see all these mass shootings that are now taking place across America, and have taken place, but now we're, go- we're getting up to a fever pitch. These are mind control slaves that have been triggered. Every time I see this, that's the first thing that comes into my mind. Because these personalities, and these people can be functioning in society, appearing totally normal, and then all of a sudden one day just snap, and they go and they kill all these people, and then they always turn the gun on themselves, if you notice. Almost all the time. They always end up killing themselves. Why? Because that's part of the program. No witness. The guy killed himself. We'll never know the true story. Happens all the time. You're telling me it's because they're mad because they had a job, and all of a sudden they turn up and they got all these guns and bulletproof vests, and they're, 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 they're these trained killers, and this just happens by chance? Now it's happening all the time. What's the purpose? take our guns away in America? Oh, it's the handguns. No, it's not. It's the mind-controlled trigger. And I'm not saying every single one of them are mind-controlled. Maybe some of them really do snap. But if you study this subject, if you study MPDs, and you study trauma-based mind-control, and Project Monarch, and Project Paperclip, which is a proven fact we brought over Nazi, um, these the sickest, most depraved Nazi physicians that were working in places like Auschwitz, Dr. Mengele, another guy named Dr. Green. We brought them over from Nazi Germany through a project called Project Paperclip to work and to perpetuate this work that they started in Nazi Germany. It's the most depraved thing you could ever possibly imagine. Doing this to children. But it's a, it's a proven fact that our government had everything to do with this. And um, if you study that, and I don't have time to get into all of it today. There's no way I could. But you'll find out. You'll, you'll, you'll easily find out this happens. And this has been going on for a long time. In many SRA groups, satanic ritual abuse groups, the splitting off of personalities is one of the desired effects of the abuse. The reason they desire this to occur is that now the abuse will not show in public unless someone is trained to look at for it or recognize it, which one in a million are. The abuse is contained by the personalities that were created to experience it while the core personality can function normally in everyday life. How convenient. And to any teachers or adults who work with children from the ages of 2 to 9 of age, I would like to mention a few ways that SRA and incest victims show that they are being abused. Now, I do not mean to label all children in this way. It is normal for a child to be curious about his or her body. But children who are victims of SRA and incest tend to do the following beyond the social norms of society. They are as follows. SRA and incest victims from 2 to 9 tend to masturbate uncontrollably in public. Now, I've never seen this, thank God, but this is one of the tenets, she says. Uh, They are also obsessed and cannot stop even when scolded. They tend to sexually violate other children. To them, the behavior is normal and they cannot discern between right and wrong. They may be obsessed with death and things dying. They may speak of it beyond what is to be considered normal. They may have imaginary friends that they talk to. They may know things that would be impossible for a child of that age to understand and know. These signs of SRA and incest abuse are by no means sure ways to know if someone is a victim of abuse. They are, however, ways the victims who are suffering from the abuse show the world what is that is happening to them when they go home. Show the world what is happening when they go home. Okay. Uh, going further, it says, Victims of SRA and incest are also spiritually abused. How is this done? 
Spiritual laws apply to the victims of SRA and incest. One such spiritual law is that the head of the household is the protector of the family. Um, this is detailed in our incest section at this website. When the incest and or the SRA is allowed to occur by the head of the family, a problem in the spiritual realm is opened. God placed the dad, or if the dad is absent, the mother, in the, spiritual, in the position of the spiritual head of the family. The head of the family is the essence as a type of umbrella of protection against a demonic assault. In order for Satan to have total access to the children, he greatly benefits from the permission of the family head. Understand this a little bit? But the Bible talks about Jesus being the head of the church and the husband being the head of the wife, the head of the family, okay? <clears throat> Thus the umbrella must be removed from those underneath it. If a child rebels, then in essence the child is stepping out from the umbrella and the umbrella and thus exposing him or herself to the reign of satanic attacks. When incest or SRA is allowed to occur, then in essence the umbrella of protection is being removed and Satan is allowed to enter, afflict, and affect the children. Incest and SRA is in essence a demonic doorway. Due to the open doorway, demons associated with the offender are allowed to enter the child. They take up residence in different parts of the person. Usually they harbor themselves into the emotions in the mind of a person. Some will take residence in the body. Wherever they reside, they stay to strengthen their position and entrench themselves to prevent easy removal. <clears throat> they seek to further their influence and cause the children to become involved in further sin. More so than the with incest, victims of SRA are opened up to greater level of demonization. The demons gain legal right to enter the child or victim through permission from the father. And again, there's no way, greater way to do this than through sexual abuse. Aleister Crowley, in his writings, The Great Beast, would say, you know, this is the greatest way that you can afflict and um, defile a child, is to sexually abuse him at the earliest possible age. And to him, a young boy was preferable. And he bragged about it, how he would sodomize and then ritually kill these kids. And they would do it to vampirize and gain greater power, and to vampirize their innocence. So sickening, you can't even comprehend it. But understand, this is the core darkness root of the coming one world religion. What we're talking about. Beyond sickening. Ugh. Unfortunately, the type of demons and the way they enter allow deeper penetration of the victim. This is done through a number of ways. In many instances, blood transactions occur. Spilling of innocent blood, okay? Which is an abomination to God. But occultically speaking, it's a way that you can defile the land. Remember, innocent blood defiles the land. And it's also a way you can make witchcraft stronger through blood sacrifices. The victim, in essence, is sold to Satan or one of Satan's servants. The transaction is sealed with a portion of the victim's blood. Remember I said that you can actually make deals with the devil and deals with Satan? The one guy, Doc Marquis, said that he was brought up a generational Luciferian. I actually talked to him on the phone a couple times. And he uh, has been a long time, but he said, and I asked him, how many times they tried to kill you? Because he was a generational Luciferian. He told me I, he lost count. How many times the Illuminati tried to kill him? He was generational Luciferian. I mean, the way guy, the way the guy talked, it just sounded like a blue blood, you know. And he uh, he said in one of his testimonies that um, when he was of a certain age, they brought him into a room and they had the ceremony and they said that they cut his arm open and he had a cool feather and he dipped it in his own blood and he signed the Book of Death. You know how we have the Book of Life. That you have to be written in the book of life in order to be saved? Well, they have the book of death. And it's also on a lamb skin. Or it's, it's on a lamb skin, I should say. You sign it in your own blood. Selling your soul to Satan. Uh, this stuff goes on. So... The transaction is sealed with a portion of the victim's blood. This is either consumed or held by the satanic... Satanist or occultist. They believe that this gives them the power over the victim. Satanic rites are performed on the victim. These rites give permission of certain demons to enter the victim. 
These demons serve as controllers for the Satanist over the victim's life. The intent of the abuse is to gain and exercise control over the victim. Now, again, we battle not against flesh and blood. It, doesn't this kind of make it come to life when you're reading this or seeing this? Basically, anything that violates God's law and moral right and wrongs of conscience, which God has instituted in man, is what the Satanist or occultist desires to violate. They stand in stark opposition to Jesus Christ. Their intent is to steal the innocence of the child and damage their lives to the point that no recovery can take place. God is gracious even in the face of such overbearing odds. God is in control. He can do all things. There is hope. There is hope. I want you to know that if you are loved, if you are a loved one has suffered from incest or SRA, there is hope. Hope in Jesus Christ. He defeated those whom your abusers serve. They serve a defeated master. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was raised from the dead on the third day. He bruised Satan's head and overthrew his kingdom. You have hope. Jesus can heal you thoroughly. It will not be easy, but he can. The first step is to resolve in yourself that you want to be healed. The second step is to become a born-again Christian through the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot fight this battle alone. You have been alone for years. You suffered the abuse alone. You need an advocate. The advocate is Jesus Christ. Let me speak plainly. The demons which were placed in you by your family and the abusers are still present. They desire to keep you from receiving Jesus Christ from becoming your Lord and Savior. They desire to keep you from remembering your past. They desire to keep you in bondage. You may have MPD or DID. I recommend that you find a minister who can help you deal with spiritual issues. Now, the only minister I'm recommending at this point regarding this subject is Pastor Ed Watson in North Carolina. He's actually a born-again Bible-believing Christian that's not into the, all the crazy Pentecostal stuff, which are about the only people I know of that deal with this. Most of them. Pastor Ed Watson, North Carolina. You can find him on Sermon Audio. Ed Watson. Just tell him I referred you. And um, I'm not saying there's nobody else out there that can do this, okay? I'm just saying there's very few that I would trust with this. <clears throat> Um, you need to aggressively face what happened and determine in your heart to deal with it. Resist the urge to go into denial. Your main defense mechanism was to deny what happened. Face it head on. The goal is to be free. If the Son shall therefore make you free, ye shall be free indeed. It is true. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the source of freedom. Satan's main way of dealing with his enemies is to try to instill fear, hopelessness, and despair. Jesus brings peace, hope, and faith. Jesus defeated Satan. Satan lied to you and your family. Those who serve him are deceived. The fact that you are here reading this site shows they don't have control over you. You have hope. Take the first step. I say to you, God bless you. May the Lord Jesus Christ keep your footsteps sure and your path lighted. Amen. So, that was a good way to end today's study. I've got one more, at least one more part to go. And I think we'll wrap it up at that point. And um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do thank you for this day and time you've given us. I pray, God, you bless these precious children and victims, infants, toddlers, all victims of, of these heinous, horrific crimes, Lord God, the babies that are scheduled for abortion, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that, that you spare them, the innocent children, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I just pray to God, every one of these pedophiles, these Satanists, these occultists, these people in the Illuminati, these depraved devils, I pray to God they all be rebuked. I pray to God that every devil, demon, or fallen angel that would emanate and operate through them be bound up and rebuked and cast into the abyss according to thy will. And that you would dispatch your holy angels toward this cause. The blood of Jesus Christ would be against these wicked, evil people and spiritual entities that would try to perpetuate this evil against the innocent, against these children and men and women, wherever it's being perpetuated worldwide, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, would be against them. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces, and that the fear of God would be upon these people and these spiritual entities, and that that fear, Lord God, would drive the people, those that can be saved, I pray, Lord God, they would be saved according to thy will. We claim, Lord God, I just claim Psalm 64. 
against this wickedness. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear, and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. I do pray, God, if it be possible, their souls be saved. But if they are just going to continue in wickedness, Lord God, and continue to defile these little ones in humanity, I pray, Lord God, your judgment be upon them, and it would be this day, and that it be swiftly. And it be done that all men would see and fear, Lord God, that it would not be suppressed by the media. I pray to God your name would be glorified through these things, and that every abortion clinic worldwide, Lord God, be defeated. Every spirit operating and emanating through these death factories be bound and rebuked and cast into the abyss. I pray, Lord God, for their total overthrow and defeat in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that through these events many people would get saved. The Lord Jesus Christ be glorified that you would forgive us for any and all sins we have committed in any way, shape, or form as we forgive those who have sinned against us. As we have mercy on those who have sinned against us, I pray, Lord God, you'd have mercy on us. And if anyone listening to this is not saved, I pray, Lord God, that they get saved. They would listen to the message that I put up about salvation. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.